Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I currently live with my mom and my dad and with the baby for the time being. I knew going into motherhood that I wasn't going to be with my romantic partner and that they weren't maybe so reliable as an equal co-parent. So I really appreciate my mom's support. Since we lived together, and so we therefore spent quite a bit of time together, I would really appreciate more respect both for my time and for my space. I'm at a place in my life where, you know, realistically most people have really separated from their parents and aren't continuing to grow closer and closer in the way that I am. In general, boundaries is an issue that I think I have a right to expect just the same way that she has a right to expect them. And I realize that we've both blurred those lines. This is Motherhood Sessions. I'm Dr. Alexandra Sachs. Today I'm talking with a 58-year-old mother and her 27-year-old daughter. We're calling them Rosa and Penelope. Two years ago, Penelope had a baby on her own and has since moved in with her parents. Penelope relies on her mother to help take care of the baby, but it hasn't been easy living under the same roof. On the one hand, Penelope needs and appreciates her mother's assistance. At the same time, she's trying to assert her own independence and establish boundaries. Have you ever lived by yourself with your daughter outside of your mother's home? No. Mm-mm. So what's holding you back from moving out of your parents' house? So if I were to move out at this very moment, I am not confident that the first time my tire blows out, I'm not going to have you know, $500 in the bank to address that issue. It would immediately be coming back to my, I guess either my credit card or my family to be like, hey, can you help? I think it's really important to have a person to rely on. There's a day you come tired. There's a day you're grouchy. There's a day you have the flu. There's the day that your child is a monster. And after two hours, you're about to explode and that everybody needs a backup. And I've even told her, try to make the upstairs like your little domain. There's three rooms. You could have one, the baby has one, and you could turn the other one into like a little living room. You don't want to be with us. Just hang out upstairs as if you were renting the second floor of an apartment. I mean, you'd have to come downstairs to cook because there's no kitchen upstairs. But other than that, you know, we could put a door on the bottom of the stairs. We could do something to make it more private. She expressed that she kind of wasn't ready for that, but I just think it's silly. I think it's silly to be so tight that you can't breathe when there's another reasonable option. Do do you feel not ready for that? 
like having a, a more separate way of living in the same under the same roof. Yeah, because to me that's maybe making, it feels too permanent. I don't know. Yes, well, let's it, talk about it. It feels like you're exactly essentially that it feels too permanent. That you're continuing. Oh, we're gonna keep furnishing this house to make you as separate as possible. Where I'm like, no, I want to focus on how do we keep making me as ready as possible to leave this house. Is there a tension because you need your mom's help and you enjoy her help, but you also want to feel more independent? Exactly. It's hard to know where to draw the line because I don't want to do everything on my own. I think she kind of has this dual hat of like a co-parent at times and then a mom. And then also just sometimes I don't want, you know, don't want anything to do with her as most children are at times with their parents. So I get frustrated and I'll say something or I'll just, a lot of times, which is probably not the correct behavior, I just ignore her. For example, I can just think of night before last. She went to dinner for her work, um, came home and the baby was still awake, which is not unusual. And it wasn't that late. It was a little after 10, maybe 1030. And she came in and she's like, why is she still awake? I'm like, because she stays awake. And she said, okay, I have her. And she got her. But Penelope, she kind of looked like she might have been crying, which is possible. Her eyes were a little red-rimmed, and I was concerned about that. So then she went upstairs, and I waited, I don't know, like five minutes. Oh, yeah. And then I went upstairs behind her to make sure she was okay. And then um, when I went in the room, I said, is everything okay? And she said, get out of my room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Get out of my room. Like, okay. (laughs) And then I came over and I like hugged her. She said, mom, I said, get out of my room. And then I left. (laughs) That's a great example. That's a common dynamic that Mm -hmm. sort of leaning on your parent for dependency and then pushing away from them to both learn how to feel like an adult yourself and take care of yourself, but also sometimes projecting that rage onto your parent, that you're angry you're not more independent, you're angry you need them. So she's right. I was upset. When I came home and there was all that stimulus, the baby was still awake, my mom was up, my father was up, um, you know, all of these people kind of there to greet me with whatever's going on. I just wanted to, you know, take the baby, go to bed, kind of have my decompression. And then when she saw that I was upset, then she cannot help it. She always wants to say something, whether it's what's wrong or are you okay or give you a hug or whatever. It's just frustrating to me when I've expressed that before of like, hey, I don't like that when I'm upset. Maybe later ask me like, hey, was everything okay? That's not something you have to deal with if you're in your own space. So you're in a process of calming down and you just don't want someone to interrupt that process. Yes. You're not worried that you won't get there yourself. Yes. So mom... Do you know this about your daughter, that she likes to, she she needs space? So she tells me that she needs space. That's true. She she has told me that on numerous occasions. Um. You say it with a with a little bit of a smile like what do you mean when you say she tells you that she right. needs space? Right. So yeah, I was kind of going to go there. Yeah, but, tell me. So so from the time she was little, she's always been like my more sensitive child, more easily upset by things. Um, it, well, as a young child, she was easily overwhelmed. I would use those words. So then a two-year-old is a handful for any human being. Sure. 
And she works and she's very good at her job. She's got so many things going well Mm -hmm. for her. But then she comes home and sometimes she crashes. You know, sometimes she comes in and sometimes, honestly, she doesn't even say, is it okay if I leave the baby downstairs? Mm -hmm. She just leaves the baby and heads up the stairs. Mm. Well, a lot of the times, if I'm just tired, I'll just head upstairs, decompress, take a shower, have a minute to myself. So you don't ask the grandparents? Sometimes yes, but sometimes no. Hearing your mom point out that you leave the baby with them without even asking and go upstairs at the end of a long day, how does that make you feel? Um, I think it's just, it's a valid point that could be something for me to work on then, right? Like if I want to establish more boundaries, then I also have to take ownership of that. So I should make sure to ask and really make it clear and not just get frustrated when she assumes the other way, that she has that level of access, right, to, like, come in my room, et cetera. I can't assume on the opposite end that I can just unload my child onto them. Yeah. Yeah. It goes both ways. Mm -hmm. You want to be treated like an adult. You need to act like an adult. And the funny thing is, you know, I don't mind. It's just more the principle. Yes. Yes. And I'm relatively good at saying, okay, now you need to come and get your daughter Mm -hmm. because I have to do X, Y, Z. But then just going down that path, sometimes I'll say, now you need to come get your daughter and you'll say, okay, but it'll be like 20 minutes before you will come and I'll have to call you again. And I think that actually bothers me more than the other. It bothers me more when I'm waiting for you. And then I would appreciate it if you would say, can I have another 20 minutes? Then if you just stay upstairs and the time keeps passing and I'm thinking of what else I want to do, you know? Okay. So That makes sense. Do you feel like in that moment she's not being respectful of your time? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like she's not being respectful of my time. Are you in those moments ignoring her because you're finding her annoying? (laughs) No, I was trying to think about that when she was, I think most of the time. It happens often though. Most of the time I'm just already doing something and I'm kind of slow. Like she'll be like, okay, you have to come get the baby and I'll say okay no problem and I'm like brushing my teeth but then it's just I'm not fast enough whereas maybe I should just say okay maybe I go get the baby now and then I resume my like nighttime routine or I say okay give me 10 minutes I'm like you know in the middle of whatever but if if you were with a peer if you were with a romantic partner yeah who was taking care of your daughter they would not be as patient I would assume not. Well, if I, I guess we're assuming that they're not like a co-parent because I would let's say they are a co-parent. I, and 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 it's I don't know your night. Let's say you, you're coming home from work. They're going off to work, mm-hmm. and you're just taking your time. If I'm honest, I would probably act the same way. But I can see the point that you're making in terms of like it is just better to to be more respectful and just, you know. But I think it would be more in my nature to just be like, okay, okay. And then 20 minutes later, go and, and get So that. one thing I can say about her is that her whole life, she's been really slow about things. She tends to be late a lot. It's an argument that many people in her life have had with her. Are you late to work? Not late to work, thank goodness. But just in general, I'm never early. But it's interesting. I ask late to work because it's... Plenty of people are like that. I, I find it interesting when those people aren't like that in parts of their life because they know they can't be, like, at their job where they'll get fired. Yes. And that's a great point. It's true. Like, why not have those same mental parameters around 
more, if not all of your life. Well, you certainly don't have it around your mother because you know that you're not going to get fired. Yeah. (laughs) And in fact, you're going to continue to be adored because your mother adores you and she adores your daughter. And she gives you a long leash. But your boss wouldn't, and that's why you're not late for work. That's a great point. So you're in a tricky situation. You're a 27-year-old woman who understandably wants her own independence Mm -hmm. and who understandably wants help raising a two-year-old, but has some feelings of conflict about how involved your mom is in your life and how much you're leaning on her. Mm -hmm. But you're being pulled in two directions. You're trying to grow up as an adult and as a mother, Mm -hmm. an independent mother who's Mm -hmm. not co-parenting with grandma, but you're also still pulled towards the care that your very generous mom enjoys showering over you, and that's a common place for a young adult to find themselves, being pulled in both directions and feeling a little confused by how to manage that. Even harder when you're a single parent. Yeah. So that's where it goes back to your wanting adult boundaries with your mother. You're not wanting her to just barge into your room without knocking. But with that comes you're acknowledging her boundaries too. Okay, mom, I'm going to be another 20 minutes is, is the same thing as can I come to into your room? It's asking permission, right, mm-hmm. for involvement in someone else's life. And I'm sure you do that at work every day because you have to because that's how adults communicate. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're very successful there. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. <laughs> the very thing I'm asking her for, I'm violating, right? When I go in her room, <laughs> when she doesn't want me to. <laughs> what made you laugh? I love the fact that you laughed as you were identifying the irony. But but tell me more about it, because I just like... <laughs> no, it just made me laugh because I'm here annoyed, frankly, that sometimes I tell her to do this certain thing and she doesn't do it. And then I'm just having to acknowledge that she tells me not to do a certain thing and I do it anyway. So. Yeah. Um, and this certain thing is around respecting boundaries. Like, right, exactly. like for around, you, you want her to give you notice if she's running late, and she wants you to ask permission to come into her room. Exactly. They're very different things we're asking for, but it's really mm-hmm. at its core, it's about respecting boundaries. You know, it's a two-way street. I love that you laughed because in the face of how hard it is to be in a family, how comedic, how ridiculous it is to raise someone to be like you and to also expect them to be different and to see yourself in your mother and your mother in yourself and that you're wanting to keep growing up. But like we are of each other and we're going to repeat some of the same nonsense. And so, you know, to be able to laugh at that and catch yourself in, well, the thing I actually want my daughter to change in her behavior, maybe I taught it to her. (laughs) Exactly. But it's but this is what's this is what's so so humbling but also beautiful about having the opportunity to step back and have a bird's eye view in your relationship and see as it's growing over time how you want it to mature. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. At this point in the conversation, Penelope and Rosa have described feeling tangled the way many adult mothers and daughters do. Now the conversation turns to another complicated dynamic in the house, Rosa's relationship with her husband. So I've been married to her father for a million years. We have a pretty terrible, practically non-existent relationship about which I have done nothing. I married someone who is very reliable and very responsible, which were things that mattered to me. But then the deeper I got into the marriage, the less important those things became because the day in and day out was not where I wanted to be. But I also didn't want to leave that. Like I, I remember going to a workshop one time and this guy was speaking. I had nothing to do with the conversation, but he said, I want you to write down the problem. And this was like a million years ago. I can't even tell you how many years ago it was. He said, write down the one thing in your life that is your biggest problem or is, gives you the most stress or something like that. And even then, I wrote down my marriage. And then he said, write down all the problems that you would have if you got rid of that problem. So, you know, so single parenting, finances, you know, not having a partner to back up the day you're tired or to do this or to do the other thing and whatever. So then he said, like, the problems you have today are the problems you're not willing to give up for the ones that you would have if you gave them up. So I think there's even an element of fear involved in, in the changes that are required to do, to do other things. Would you want to leave the marriage? Oh, yes. I want to go. Even a couple weeks ago, my daughter said something to me that um, was very distressing to me. And... You're working very hard to hold it back, but yeah. maybe you don't have to hold it back. Oh, we, we forgot our tissues today. We'll get them. Sorry. She said something about literally you argue every single day. Yeah, I said I, I don't remember like a day in my entire life that I didn't hear you and dad arguing. I'm sorry. What are you apologizing for? Because I don't think that 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 should be a child's experience. I don't think so. Yeah. You feel guilty? Yeah, for that I do. I mean, you know, for other things, no, but for that I feel badly. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, I... It's not my romantic relationship, and it's not my decision, whatever the rest of my mom's life looks like with my father. But I'm in the same house. So that makes it really tricky where it's like, okay, are we kind of approaching this together where we're saying, like, how do I support you if you really do think you want to exit? And how are we all planning for this? Should I be thinking, like, I need to 
be focused on how I can move out as soon as possible so that you're able to make that environment the way you want it and I'm structuring my own environment. Like for me, that's where some of the tension is because I can see my mom sitting on these feelings for another couple of years before she decides to act. And I'm kind of like, I think we need to start figuring out what the game plan is now for a major life decision when we're all in the same place. Well, it's kind of like you're all married. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... I'm just kind of unpacking these details because I think this is a pretty intense thing that binds the two of you. You're co-parenting this little girl. You guys are each other's number one family members, number one loves of your life. Um, So I think we've come here today to talk about your intense bond, which sometimes bothers you, Penelope, too close, mm-hmm. not not enough boundaries, but it's scary to untangle. And I think you do very much have a vision of, of enjoying your own independence. But I think, I think there's also fear on both sides about mm-hmm. letting go. I wonder if a part of what is maybe a tension in this process, the separation happening more quickly, is that I wonder if Party worries about leaving her alone with your dad. That's definitely, it's very hard to imagine. I think I would feel a little bit like I was abandoning her if I wasn't living in the home because it's not like she really shares the home. I think it would be like her alone with my father. Right. So that's, that's important. You said that, the, you feel like you'd be abandoning your mom if you moved out. Are you dating now? I'm not, yeah. Why? For one, I just, I'm not in a place where that even really works well in my life, like 100%. My mom is great. In general, she helps me all the time, right? Like, you know, but I can count on her for sure to pick up the baby from daycare once a week. Like, so I know I have once that day. I have a good social group, but I'm not, I don't have enough kind of built in support yet to like really keep adding on things. I'm lucky. Like if I get one good social event a week, like that's great. You know, the issue with that is how that may be more subtly playing into a resistance you may have to finding a life partner. Could definitely be. And you'd have to ask your mom to come second to that person in your family. I wonder if part of you would feel a little guilty about doing that. I'd like you to be in a healthy relationship, but I'd like you to find someone, and I would be happy for that to happen for you. Would I miss you? Yes. Would I miss my granddaughter? Double yes. But... I want you to be in a better place. I want you to choose more wisely. You know, no relationship's going to be perfect, but I want you to find someone who treats you the way you deserve to be treated and and that you treat them the way they deserve to be treated. I think that the one thing that I wanted to make sure kind of came through clearly because we were talking about a lot of different things is that this concept of ambivalence, right? You can want two different things at the same time. And I think... You guys, you want to move out. You want to be independent, and you want that for her. 
And maybe even to have that opportunity for you to really push yourself to do this additional separation of separating from your unhappy marriage. But part of you doesn't want to separate. You know that a part of you, like every very close mother and child, kind of just wants to stay embraced until the end of time. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And not even, not even like wanting to feel embraced, but like just not wanting to have to do everything on your own. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. So it's it's the love. It, it's sad. It's sad to make space mm-hmm. that's required to facilitate children growing up. But it's also the fear, right? Because you guys support each other so much right. in such fundamental ways. Yes. And so that growth, that moving forward is going to open up space in which you're both going to be more alone. But the process of getting there is going to require some the pain of separation and some of that loneliness of that solitude in order to have enough space to meet other people and develop other attachments. You're going to have to first be alone, right? To have this real ability to grow up and separate, to just acknowledge the parts of you that are ambivalent. That's normal. That's a normal part of this type of parent-child separation. I think you really just summarized it very well. Like, I guess I wanted help getting more on the same page, and I think it really helped to articulate how we ultimately both see the desire for change and the resistance so that we can kind of work work towards that and both be on the same page about that. I think that's interesting. I mean, I, I've never, we've never had this conversation before, so... <laughs> I'm not sorry about her growing up, but if she never had to move, I'd be happy. (laughs) Let's put it in that context. I think this really has to do about separation. You know, it's like mothering is such a bittersweet job because if you're doing a good job, as your child is growing in a healthy way, you're watching them move further and further away from you and out into the world, right? And you're still sort of connected through the love. And there are aspects of that that you reconnect to when you can kind of go home or go go back to being that messiest, most vulnerable, childlike version of yourself. And your mom is hopefully, if you're lucky, the one who can be there to support you. You know, you're very, very lucky that you each have that. And it's a lot of work to go from that history to a separation that's not only about letting your child fly the nest in the world, but but when you're back home, when you're back under the same roof, whether it's a holiday or living together, to work hard to remember that you are separate entities. You're separate adults. And I think, you know, the fact that you're asking the questions means that you're already doing the work. You're already engaged in that process. And you're doing it in a very specific, interesting way because you're doing it under the same roof. Motherhood Sessions is a production of Gimlet and Spotify. It's produced by Peter Bresnan and Kimmy Regler. Our editors are Devin Taylor and Nazanin Rafsanjani. Music and mixing by Emma Munger. This is the last episode of the season. If you've been enjoying Motherhood Sessions, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. 
We want to give a special thank you to the many volunteers who traveled across the country to share their stories with me and with you. We are so grateful for their generosity and for the opportunity to learn from their experiences. I hope it's been helpful. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.